Hi everybody, welcome to our RZ Two Cents. Um, today, hi guys. Um, yeah, to, so today is a very special episode. Uh, I can't say sitting across from me anymore because Roy is not technically sitting across from me, right? Virtually, he is. Uh, we are recording this. I am in Berkeley, California. Uh, Roy is in Los Angeles, California. So we're about six hours away and uh, driving, one hour flight, and we are we, we do this virtually, right? So we're trying our hopefully. first uh, vir virtual session, remote yep, session. Exactly. Yep. Yes. So hopefully yes. today hopefully will be works. a yeah. Hopefully today will be a cool start of some uh, virtual uh, recorded episodes. Uh, obviously, we'll still see each other again. All right. So uh, mm -hmm. then we'll do some uh, together episodes, physically together episodes as well. Let's try this out. And uh, today's topic should be very interesting. So hopefully you guys can tune in and finish it. All right. Awesome. So, awesome. So good follow up to our last week's topic. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure <laughs> last week's topic has. Uh, yes, yes. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, I we just mm -hmm. uh, 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 listed that today. Uh, I already got some uh, a lot of feedbacks, especially from uh, the female friends oh. of mine. From a lot of girls already um, replied to me. Which that yeah. episode? Which episode? On the on the last episode. On the last. What episode. did they say? Uh, a lot of them to be like, I want to tune in. It's interesting. A lot of them said, uh, ha 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 ha. A lot of them did, commented uh, some like emojis. You know. So. Did anybody say things like, you know, this episode should be renamed uh, Robert's definition, Robert D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not yet, but how um, do we define Robert? <laughs> yeah, not yet, but I can tell you, there's a lot of girls reacting. It's quite interesting. Yeah. So, dope, dope, anyways, dope, dope. yeah. So, anyways, um. Today, mm -hmm. uh, me and Roy want to talk about uh, emotional intelligence. This is the topic for the day. Yes. Uh, it's a broader perspective of uh, uh, just us being um, social animals as we are as humans. How do we mm. deal, with, deal with each other? Different kind of relationships, right? There's family, there's friends, there's uh, romantic ones, there's uh, uh, places at work, there's colleagues, right? There's a uh, mm. student teacher, there's a uh, government citizen, there's different, all different kind of relationships. And uh, the ones who can who excel at these relation at dealing with these relationships? We call you know typically call them having these other people have high em emotional intelligence, right? So mm -hmm. today we want to talk about that topic and uh, yeah, give you a little bit a little bit of thoughts uh, on this, Roy. Like, what's your take on overall? Uh, what do you define as some of the good characteristics of emotional intelligence? Um, yeah, I think there's. I probably can give a comprehensive answer or definition of EQ, but there's a few points mm -hmm. that I think we can all agree on. First of all, the ability to put yourself in other shoes, right? The ability to understand, to sympathize with, mm -hmm. um, to really look at things from their perspective. Um, mm -hmm. This actually reminds me a, a lot about some of the things that I've participated in. For example, acting. Mm -hmm. right? I went to, uh, I was went through like a training, three months training in a top acting school in China. So, and since a very young age, I've been taking uh, drama and acting classes. Mm -hmm. So when you act, essentially you're trying to put yourself into another character, right? Mm -hmm. In order to become this character, you kind of have to understand this person's personality, this person's background, this person's relationship, this person's mm -hmm. histories. Um, for example, let's say if my acting is a breakup scene today, okay? Mm -hmm. Me acting this acting out this scene um with a full stomach versus if i mm -hmm. didn't eat anything for the mm -hmm. for, for for my breakfast i would react and behave differently 
right? Mm-hmm. These minor details all change and influence my behavior. So I think the process of acting is kind of to become a good actor, you need to be able to sympathize, to really think from the character's perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it reminds me of acting and also reminds me of marketing. Right. As marketers, what we're trying to do is understand the customers. Right. What do they care about? What do they fear? What do they love? Right. Who do they fear? Who do they love? Who do they care about? Things like that. So I think the number one for me, the most important thing about high EQ is um, the ability to understand other people. Fully. Well, when we try to, when we say understanding other people, oftentimes I think it's easy for uh, us to make assumptions, right? It quickly sometimes becomes judgments and assumptions. So to objectively understand somebody without pre assumptions and judgments, I think it's actually not an easy thing to do. Mm, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I would say about EQ is um, mm-hmm. the ability to regulate your own emotions. Right. The ability to understand, regulate, and be okay with your own emotions. Because I think sometimes there are certain emotions that we ourselves don't tolerate us to have. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly, most of the time, negative emotions. No matter be it anger, right, being resentful, jealousy, things like that. The emotions we don't mm-hmm. want us to have. I think it's for somebody with high emotional intelligence, that person needs to uh, accept the fact that you know, we sometimes do have these emotions and be okay mm-hmm. with it, be mindful and know how to deal with them. Not necessarily mm-hmm. try to suppress them. So, I, think, I don't think suppressing uh, and, and, and trying to not think about these emotions is a good way to deal with these negative emotions. I think we should face it. We should really look at it and think about it and accept it. So I think these are the big two for me, right? Number one, the ability to sympathize. And number two, the ability to regulate your own emotions. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think you touched on basically all the good points there. I think you covered pretty much all the... uh, I would say the characters that people should have if they want to have a good relationship between you know themselves and and the, and the other humans they interact with, right? So yeah. um, the things I want to add, I would just say uh, people I've met who I you know I admire who have high inter- emotional intelligence, have high EQ, are the ones that are that genuinely care, right? But also they show that they do care. Um, there is a patient about them uh, with their approach um, towards listening okay so I would say I, I think they are generally good listeners they they are compassionate they care about others and also at the same time right uh, I, I think they know the where when um, to say or not to say certain things I think um, I am definitely uh, a victim of that sometimes uh, I'm, I'm saying uh, on a negative side at times, you know, because I'm such an expressive thinker, so I, I actually don't consider myself a talker, right? I, I think I'm a mm. thinker first. I, uh, as, as, as you, you know, as we had multiple conversations about this, probably mm-hmm. uh, as deep as I have with anyone, is that I think I'm a thinker first. Then I, by because my expressive nature, I like to express my thinking, right? So, but but the point is, uh, no matter you are ta- you are an extroverted talker or you expressive thinker like I am. Um, there are certain places you, um, you you want to express your views, but people with uh, who have high inter- emotional intelligence 
know where and when to say those things. Uh, that doesn't mean the content itself is not correct. Uh, I would like to think uh, most of my content are pretty high quality and the you know the things I say is after uh, a lot of serious examinations in my own head, a lot of serious uh, thought process, a lot of debating with myself. Otherwise, I wouldn't have those uh, you know conclusions. But I think these statements um, sometimes we need to look into where and when do we say them? Are, are we at the? It, mm. Is this the right circumstance to, to say such a thing? Maybe it's the right thing to say, but not at that moment. Then it has you know, at the impact that you don't want, you know, it has, it, it didn't do what it's supposed to do. You know what I mean? Like say, this is a like, good point. Like say, exactly. Like say, um, my, you know, growing up, like my dad emphasized, he emphasized this a lot. Like he says, he, he and he didn't emphasize it to me, actually. He was emphasizing this to my mom. He was telling my mom, I remember a couple of times, he said, this is not a place to educate your kid. You know, there's a, there are, there's a time mm. and place for everything. Like that particular situation isn't, he thinks at least, isn't the, the perfect scenario the per or, or the right place to educate mm -hmm. me. You know, he would tell my mom, be like, okay, uh, maybe we'll talk about this with, with Robert later. You know, that's not a mm -hmm. place to, to educate or to criticize your son. You know what I'm saying? So I think even mm -hmm. by that small example, I think um, there's definitely more examples than that. But um, I think that, that, that goes along. Yeah. Way, so yeah. I, I think I have a personal experience I want to share mm -hmm. on about this. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You know, I think, I think it was when I was 16 or 17. Mm. I my my both of my parents are Buddhists, not mm. uh, devoted Buddhists, but like mm. many people in China, they're you know, kind of amateur Buddhist practitioners. I would call them right. Yeah, they're kind of into it, but they're not strictly. You know, it's like Christians that don't go to church every Sunday. Yeah, they're the casual they're followers. Kind of, yeah, the casual yeah. followers. So yeah, so I. As a kid, there was a period of time where I kind of mm. believed in Buddhism a little bit. But I mm -hmm. believe when I was 16 or 17, I started mm -hmm. becoming an uh, atheist. I started mm -hmm. realizing, and then I, that's when I got curious about this topic of religion, right? A topic of mm -hmm. what is the reality? Is there a God? What is the meaning of life? Things like that. So I just started doing research myself, and then eventually I became a pretty much an atheist. Mm -hmm. And... Often, in many situations, when I first decided that, okay, I am an atheist, I'm for sure an atheist, you know, there are some problems with religion and, uh, you know, morality can exist outside of religion, you can be a good person and not be religious, things like that. I started, I found myself starting to debate with a lot of people who are religious. So... Mm -hmm. I've debated with monks. I've debated with um, pastors and churches, mm. um, preachers, uh, preachers, and I've debated mm. with uh, other people that were religious. Mm. So sometimes my debate would end up, you know, causing a lot of, I guess, unnecessary conflicts between people. Sometimes, mm. Mm -hmm. but some debates turned out to be really you know, worth it, and I got more knowledge out of it as well. Right? Some, some, most mm -hmm. of the debates I would say confirmed my beliefs in, in, in atheism um but as i grew older uh, i looked back on those many debates i had and i started to think that you know perhaps speaking the truth and then being really vocal about your stance on things isn't always right in every single situation and circumstances right yes you should stand up for what you should what you believe in yes you should um try to advocate what you think is right. But there's a time and place for that. Mm -hmm. So I think um, as I matured and grew older, I had a better control of when to say and when not to say. 
So that's something I want to share about about uh, um, emotional intelligence. Yeah. 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 So I think definitely think that's a big part of uh, but I would say I, a big part of growth. I yes. was I was still sometimes wonder, you know, in certain scenarios, I have the choice to be vocal about my stance. Uh, but mm. I know for a fact when I do choose to become vocal about that stance, for example, on religion, on serious matters mm. like this, there will be conflict. So mm. oftentimes, I, got, I guess right now, I'm kind of just too lazy to start a serious conflict over something like religion. You know, it's not something mm. central to my life and um, causing unnecessary conflict with other people isn't worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another part of me that say, you know, Roy, you should speak the truth. You should, you should uh, really be vocal about what you truly believe in. So there is a little bit of dilemma right there. I don't know if you face similar situations. Yeah, I, um, mm-hmm. I would say there are definitely situations where I want to express a certain point of view. Uh, it's not mostly in most of these cases, it wouldn't become hostile. Like it's not a, to the mm. uh, point where if I express that. Uh, it, I would say, at least in most situations, right, it wouldn't become a hostile. It's not like, a, say, extreme right or left or these kind of political things or like a personal belief or I, if I express a view, say, uh, that's a bad judgment of character, uh, this guy's a you know, horrible person because, you know, it, it's not really these kind of harsh judgments or these absolute things. Uh, I think, as, at least for my personal growth, as I, uh, hopefully, as I feel like I got better and better at EQ, is that where there's... There are situations I choose to listen more or choose to hold back to my uh, certain point of views, mm-hmm. not because it's it will become hostile or confrontational, actually. It's just because mm-hmm. I want to listen to the other side more. It's just mm-hmm. because simply by me, because I'm, you know, again, expressive thinker, but I would say pretty dominant talker. So when I do talk, like you are an, actually a rare exception, like we both get to just keep talking. There's a lot of people who, when I talk with them, um, when I take over the conversation, they stop talking, you know, they listen uh, for good or bad reasons. I actually don't know, but I, I would keep going and, you know, I can go on for hours. So at times I know if I take over, then they would shut up about themselves and they would, uh, they don't get a sort of, you know, the same, they don't get a mic, their, their, their mic gets taken away from them to me, you know, I don't want to take away other people's mic. So I want to hear them out and, and in most cases, this is even more specific to me personally, where because I'm a fast talker, I have to give them time. Like I, some people I met, they're deep thinkers, but they express slowly. Like they literally go word by words. You know, like if you listen to the premiere of China talk, right? It's like super slow, you know? But I have uh, friends who are, let's say, much younger, like in their 30s or, you know, um, some in 40s or even their, their, their 20s, they talk slow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I have to really be patient and be like, yo, like yeah. that point of view, I might want to add something to it or I might disagree a little bit, but I'm not going to say that right now because I want you to finish your thought. You know what I mean? I see, so, I see, I see, I see. yeah. So, yeah, I, so I think that's probably more faster yeah. talker than I am, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but you and I know each other well. We have a chemistry. I mean, we literally do this yeah. now for a hobby now. Like, so we, <laughs> so talking is like our thing, yeah. but I'm saying with We've others, been practicing. right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like and playing also, table tennis. Exactly. We play table tennis all the time. Exactly. But with others, sometimes why I do give them, and, and also because like, I'm pretty, uh, I would like to think I'm pretty logical. Why, why I make a statement? I make the statement first, like a thesis, then I go bang, 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 three evidences right in a row. Like if I say, okay, say, uh, why do you think, um, 
you should use tissues, but uh, you know, for your for your other needs than toilet paper, don't just use toilet paper. I'm looking literally looking at a box of tissue in front of me. This is like such a random thing, but then I will give three evidences why tissue, the softer paper, is better for your face and things like that. Than the raw, the rough toilet paper. So I'll give evidence and the reasons behind it. Then people, you know, get get shut up that way because I went on and on and on, and they can finish their their side of、uh, thoughts. You know. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. I have also realized that in a lot of、yeah. situations, it's not about right and wrong. Yeah,、right? I think the natural tendency for yeah natural tendency for more guys, especially、mm-hmm. more competitive people.、Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes we get into this power struggle of who's more right, right? Whose viewpoints are more logical or objective or right? But、right. Uh, I think I think overall, from my direct observation, women do、mm-hmm. a better job at you know not getting into that competition mode when they're socializing and talking, and、yes. they which is objective. Oftentimes for socializing, you're trying to so- form better social bonds, right? Exchange、mm-hmm. information, build a relationship. And if that's the goal, then、uh, you know, always be in that competitive zone isn't very helpful. Right? Sometimes、mm-hmm. when you get into the zone, it's okay, but、uh, always in there, that's not very helpful, right?、Mm-hmm. Yep. And this doesn't become a very comfortable experience for both parties. So, yeah.、Mm-hmm. So, Robert, do you know? Let's look at to 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 know to talk about. I think the what high EQ lo- looks like. We can look at what low EQ looks like. And oppose、mm-hmm. that, right? Look at the opposite、mm-hmm. side. Do you know、mm-hmm. people that you think have low IQ, or, or what kinds of traits would you consider, you know, really low、mm-hmm. IQ? Okay, this is actually quite straightforward. Yeah, yeah,、right. great、low、question.、EQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IQ, not IQ. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got that. Great, great question. I'm gonna shoot right off the gate. Okay, so a、mm-hmm. couple ones. Just a couple. One.、Um, I've seen tons of our peers, literally our age, a little bit younger or about our age, can't don't can't socialize or com- or have a decent conversation with adults. Say with Zhangbei in Chinese, right? Either Amer- I've seen Americans do it, I've seen Chinese people do it.、Uh, that is sign of low emotional IQ. Like you can only have conversations, like you know, talk about yo, dude, what's cool, man? Well, how's it going lately? Like this kind of stuff. Like talk about like sports or like fashion or girls. And then can't go much like even not I'm not talking about philosophical deep much even like more mature topics with like say people who are twenty years older than than you you know I I've met a lot of those peers、mm. who, who are that way I think that's a sign of low emotional IQ because I think the key thing of high emotional IQ is versatility right you have to be versatile enough to deal with different kind of social groups different class social classes different people who are、uh, Different age than you and different backgrounds, things like that. I think that's a that's a big strength、uh, of a, of one's personality and a big trait, you know, of high emotional IQ is that the versatility to deal with people that are very different from you. You know, I, I've I've seen people who can only、mm-hmm. hang out with、um, like white kids who can only hang out with white kids, and Asian kids only hang out with Asian kids who who are the same. I see. Like I've seen A, I've seen ABCs who can't hang out with Chinese people. You know, like, <laughs> yeah,、um, obviously, obviously, yeah. yeah, obviously, culturally, it's very different. But you should、uh, be able to do that, right? Like, you, you, you I think you do a really good job of that. You and Hexy do a really good job of that. I appreciate that. I appreciate.、It. Yeah, it's actually like you know. I remember we talked this privately. Like, I really enjoyed the time I hung out with your mom, right? Like, because it's it's it's. I, I take it as a as a I embrace it as a as a great opportunity because, like, say I don't hang out with forty、uh, five or fifty plus year old people all the time. 
But but it's actually every time I do, I actually find it more interesting even to the to the extent when I hang out with my peers at times, especially the you know intelligent uh, older old older generation because I see my peers all the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a little bit becomes too much. I already know what they're thinking and stuff. So we have this crowd thinking theory in finance too where we tend to think like mm-hmm. who we hang out with and sometimes that uh, could yes. be a bias that could be very biased right it's but, a it's a bubble it's a yeah, very yeah, exactly. dangerous sometimes yeah very dangerous bubble but i, I, feel I like, think it's mutual it's, it's mutually beneficial where um uh, for your mom to talk with us too because you know that's different than like she talks with young people right that's different than her 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 social groups i'm just saying that's one example i think that's a great thing mm-hmm. mm. yeah mm, yes yeah. Uh, well, I think when it comes to the to low EQ. Yeah. So not being able to be versatile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Another thing I think, I think is really important yeah, is, is uh, mm-hmm. understanding and uh, interpreting and noticing social cues, be it verbal, mm-hmm. nonverbal. Yeah. I know people that mm-hmm. um, aren't really good at that. You know, mm-hmm. because you, you watching be body language. Good. Yes pick up signals um, mm-hmm. from the other party, from uh, other parties. In order to mm-hmm. even begin to effectively communicate, you need to interpret the signals correctly, right? Think mm-hmm. about a, a computer processor that don't mm-hmm. interpret the inputs correctly. The output is not mm-hmm. going to be correct, right? Input, mm-hmm. Correct input is a premise to correct output, right? Preach. Preach. So, so if, if I know people that don't interpret, you know, be verbal or nonverbal, right? The tonality of the person's voice, the kinds of mm. emotions, right? What mm. this person may be feeling, thinking about. I think that's mm. crucially important for mm-hmm. high, highly effective communication and a good relationship, relationship building. Right? Mm-hmm. I think there's one group of people in our society that I would categorize as um, that are highly emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Either by talent or through training, these people I think mm-hmm. are therapists or psychologists. Mm-hmm. I've had the um, honor to sit through a few sessions like this mm-hmm. uh, in college, a therapy session, mm-hmm. and uh, I noticed that they are really good at making that connection, gaining mm-hmm. your trust, right, and then mm-hmm. establishing a mutual trust connection, and then making you feel like they care about you, which they generally do, and then mm. just making the communication really comfortable. Right? They're mm. great listeners. Right? Yeah. The body language, the, the facial expressions, tonality they show is really just like caring and sympathetic. Right? They're like in your frequency. You feel like they're in your frequency. Mm. Mm. So, right, right, that's right. So, 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 because their job is to make the, the, the people who attend therapy sessions you know, comfortable and open up. Right. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you can make people open up, comfortable with connecting with you, I think you you have you have a pretty high EQ, right? Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. get you can you can earn people's trust and, and then make them feel good. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. that's a definition of high EQ. So I think this group of people uh, is um, worthwhile for us to look at when we're discussing. Yeah, uh, to- totally agree. I think uh, people definitely underestimate. Uh, the aspect where people think of high EQ people, oh, they must be slick talkers. They must be um, yeah. uh, great at presenting themselves, things like that. That's only one tiny aspect. The big That's aspect the is about exactly the big uh, aspect is the input part, where they are good observers, right? Like um, mm-hmm. again, I'm, I'm not trying to talk my own book or bring myself into this, but 
I've actually enjoyed, like say, sitting at airports, train stations, things like that, just to watch people. How they, uh, how like a happy family interacts with each other. How like two couples, you know, I'm just making random judgments, not true sometimes, but looks like they're about to get divorced, right? They're going into a fight. Like, what does it look like under facial expression, things like that. Random people, right? So Mm -hmm. I think people who are genuinely interested in other human interactions definitely uh, have a higher chance to be high EQ people because uh, by observing others, learning their body language, learning their tone, learning how they, how they, how they feel, like, you know, um, can you hear the voice of frustration in someone? Like, can you see the, the, the body language of somebody mm. getting exhausted or getting impatient? I think a lot of people just can't read those signals well um, for, you know, various reasons. Some people don't care. Some people uh, are slow to that. Uh, but I think people who are, who are quick to respond to these kind of signals like you exactly like like you said um i think they are definitely a rare species and they are the group that's that has you know high emotional iq yeah yeah and i feel like this is a part of um a missing part in your formal education right sure for sure um, communicate effectively establish relationships um healthy relationships i highly recommend the Dallas Carnegie camp i mean um have you I been? Went, oh, was, oh, you went. You went. Wait, yeah, that I went was fifteen. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. highly recommended. You, you, and it's available uh, globally too. I went, went. I, I think I told you I went to the one in Shanghai. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was an uh, English camp, but it was in conducting in Shanghai. More like ninety percent local sh- uh, Chinese people went. It's uh, uh, the Dale but, Carnegie camp. Yeah, yeah, Dale Carnegie. Oh. Camp. Yeah. Okay, okay. camp. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it's it's not only about EQ though. <clears throat> it has like mm. public speaking sections, things like that. It's mainly about. Uh, just like leadership stuff. But I, I do think it has to do with EQ. Also, another point was when we are uh, discussing, I was thinking mm-hmm. people who have high EQs, it's not that they don't have problems with anyone. I, I don't think that's avoidable. There's confrontations or things to be dealt with all the time for sure. But it's how you deal with them. It's how you deal with these things. There right? is a difference between uh, some of them get, gets mixed up yeah. There's a difference between a person with high emotional intelligence versus mm-hmm. a person that's too agreeable or yeah, push over. too nice. Or, too nice, yeah, yeah. push over, right? Too uh, nice. There's a difference. Sometimes people, people think, absolutely. oh, that person's really nice. That person has a high EQ. Not necessarily, yeah. right? No, I don't think so. I, yeah. no. I, I think a person is, with high EQ is able to understand themselves well enough and then able to communicate, have tough conversations, difficult talks. And then mm-hmm. do the difficult talks effectively so it doesn't harm the relationship but still gets the job done. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that in Chinese saying the law hall is high emotional IQ. It's like he oh, doesn't yeah. say, just like always be nice. And then whatever you say to him, he doesn't take a reaction to it. And whatever, yeah. and, and, and also let's say in a group, right? Five people, you ask him for his opinion. He never has any opinion. He's always mm. neutral, always in the middle. Like, you know, mm. just try to avoid problems as much as possible. I don't think that's a sign of high emotional IQ. I mean, it might be not. It might not be low emotional IQ, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's high. High are the ones who can achieve their be tactical about how to, about their approaches, how to achieve mm-hmm. their goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but going about it the right way, where it makes most people feel yes. comfortable and in a productive, efficient way. I think that's yes. uh, high speaking of that. Do you mm-hmm. think high emotional intelligence is something you're born into, or is acquired skill? It's ninety-eight percent nurture, man. I think it's a required skill. 
I, I mean, I mean, born into as in let's go with the definition. As born into means like you have it since you're zero years old. Like it's in the genetics. I don't think it's in the genetics. I do think it's something built early on. Like say when you're when we are like three five year old kids hanging out mm -hmm. with different kids in the kindergarten, we didn't know it then, but it's definitely something we um we were already doing emotional intelligence training for lack of a better word, you know what I mean? For better or worse. Some people got became better at it, some people got worse and worse, right? But we're practicing mm. the whole time. When we're in kindergarten, uh, first grade, second mm. grade, primary school, and middle school. So that's by nurture, like, you know, because that's, you know, even when we were little, but it's still uh, not genetics. But I definitely do mm, think I, that's something that's yeah, nurture. In, in the Freudian uh, kind of psychology, I think he says, he said something like, you know, um, how a child is treated by the parents affect this child's mm -hmm. uh, emotional intelligence or emotional state a lot mm -hmm. as a baby. Right. So, right. so yeah, so, so, so I do think, um, yeah, it's something you can learn and improve in practice. Um, mm -hmm. something you can, you know, control. Right? It's not mm -hmm. unlike IQ, which is something it's very difficult for someone to change. Right. Somebody with mm -hmm. a low IQ is, is kind of not their fault. Right, it's yeah. like you're born into like you're born into this mode, but EQ yep. wise, you can control and you can improve with yep. effort. Yep. Exactly, right. that's that's something. There's almost no excuse for that. And uh, let's move to the next section. I guess now we can talk more detail about like what kind of particular skills or particular things mm -hmm. that people can take these advice and apply it to them. At least in our two cents, right? Hopefully, um, they can become. Better uh, high higher emotion IQ people. I can go. Uh, I can go first. I thought sure. about a couple. Um, then you can follow right up. First one I thought about is I at least try to practice often. Uh, now I do it almost all the time now. Where is um, uh, I praise uh, a person, someone in front of everyone as many as many people as possible. I criticize uh, only one on one towards that. That, that person. I think Carnegie I think Dale Carnegie has yeah. some has raised a similar point in the book, uh, how to win exactly. friends influence people. Right? Exactly. Like that's a Chinese, great Chinese, point. Exactly. Like that's in Chinese saying like point. I say I say like Dang Zhong Biao Yang, uh no, no I mean I say Dang Zhong Biao Yang, Dan Du Piping, you know. So uh, praise publicly and criticize privately. Privately, exactly. Um, and I, mm. I think that's something that could be really served. I think everyone can do it. It's just it's a habit. It's actually and oh yeah, let me, uh, I want this to work. Emotional intelligence, like any, you know, like, uh, physical intelligence, I, I, I guess, yeah, IQ can be changed, but like a lot of other kind of things, we are, humans are creature of habits, right? This is a habitual thing. Like, if you practice this often, then you become a higher emotional IQ person. Like, there's, it's, it's by doing it day and day in and day out, then it mm. eventually becomes part of you, then you, you are who you are, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I think, let's say that's one thing people can always practice. Just say, if you have something nice to say, let's say, Roy, I have something nice mm -hmm. to say about you. Like really, if I feel this is your great quality, I not only say that to you, which I do privately, but I will try to find instances and situations, like say your birthday party, your graduate or whatever, or like a big gathering. I say it mm -hmm. to as many people as possible. That makes you feel even mm -hmm. better because 18 people, including like, you know, your great friends, hot girls, everybody there, parents, then hear mm -hmm. me uh, complimenting you. If you definitely get a bigger rush and bigger thrill in your head than me just telling you that in your bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, so, so, so that I think that's a tactic. Like, it's not 
in general, it's not disgenuine. It's not like, you know, dishonest. It's, I do feel about that way about you. But mm-hmm. choosing it to say in that circumstances has a greater effect than to just say it to you when we are, you know, uh, alone mm-hmm. in your room. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's one. Mm-hmm. Criticize, uh, on the other, on the back end, criticize is like, say, if you really got a problem with someone, you know, then then you got to solve that issue. Like, you know, there's extreme examples, like somebody took your girlfriend or something, I don't know, some crazy stuff, right? No. You still mm-hmm. don't deal with that publicly. You know, you don't go slap that person in the face in front of everyone because then the end gets in the way. You can't change it, right? You pull the guy aside and be like, hey, bro, let's talk this out. You know what I mean? So, yep. yeah, I, I do think that's a great tactic. Another one, then uh, then you can go follow up. Another one I can think about is, um, is I guess, Listen with mm-hmm. interest and then remember like what people care about. I think uh, most people would you say at least at a certain given stage in their life, okay, at a given moment, mm-hmm. only care truly cares about a few things that are happening in their world. Trust me. Um, th- th- really think about this. Like you and me include everyone. At a certain given point, let's say, yeah, in 2017, you might care about like four different things that you totally don't care about now, you know? Mm-hmm. Or in 2025, you might care about new things. But at this moment, there's only a, truly a couple of things going on that really is occupying your mind. You know how well? Mm. You know? Yeah. Mm. Like say, you know, I, I, I'm not going to name personal specifics, but I think, I think I know a couple of yours. Like, you know, uh, you worry about like, you know, business, you know, all, all things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, for, for, I think for both of us, there's a family aspect to it as well, right? Yep. So, um, yep. so, so, so there is only a couple of things, things for someone to truly, truly like that on their back of my say. That's a priority. Say, if this situation is better or soft or blah, 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 then I will be able to do blah, 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 and then we'll be better, right? So I, my point being, having a high emotional IQ is that if someone um, – so listen with interest as in remember everyone you encounter, at least have a reasonable, has reasonable good relationship with that you encounter mm-hmm. um, to remember the things that they care about and mm-hmm. to – Maybe some most times we can't help them uh, because mm. everyone's situation is unique. But you can ask them how's it going lately with that certain project, with that certain aspect of life, right? Some people might be worried about dating, right? So ask them like, oh, how's it going with that girl? Like, so I, I had a friend last year who just got married. Every and he's talked to me about a lot of stuff regarding marriage. Now every time I catch up with him, I ask him. I know he's fine at work. His work's very stable. I ask him. How's your wife? How's it going with this marriage thing going? You know, because that's something that's on his mind. He's trying to deal with his new aspect in his life. So I think things with with that people, then people feel like you genuinely do care. It's not, instead mm-hmm. of just small talk all the time, be like, "Yo, how's this? How's that?" Most people don't really care about the superficial stuff. They will do it with you just because they are, um, you know, they have for social norm. But if you mm. really touch on the things they care about, oh damn, they'll remember you as a dear friend forever. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So these are my two cents. Yeah. yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. So I I would say that um I'll touch on a little bit about the uh, physical part, body language, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I think overall how to communicate effectively mm-hmm. first of all, like you said, you need to show the other person that you care. Mm-hmm. Right, and to show mm-hmm. that person that you are enjoying the conversation, or yeah, at least you care about the conversation, mm-hmm. and part of it comes through what you say, the mm-hmm. content, right, mm-hmm. the words, um, like the um, the questions you ask, things like that. Mm-hmm. Another part mm-hmm. of it comes from the 
sort of these subconscious, right? How you communicate, mm-hmm. how you say things, right? mm-hmm. how you're sitting, your facial expressions, things mm-hmm. like that. Right? Mm-hmm. So I remember one thing from a, um, this is from sales, mm-hmm. from sales training. But I think it applies to effective, overall effective communication as well. One thing you can do is to change the tone of your voice mm-hmm. to show more enthusiasm. For example, mm-hmm. if I'm talking to Robert right now like this, mm-hmm. Robert, yeah, you know, emotional intelligence, that's very important, you know, versus, mm-hmm. yeah, Robert, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, you know, that's very important, right? Yeah. Have, more, have more changes in dynamic, right? If I'm talking mm-hmm. right now, dynamic is crucial to, to communication because it engages the audience, right? Mm-hmm. Versus it engages the audience. It's very important mm-hmm. you should do it. Right? So that have that enthusiasm behind your voice, behind your tonality, shows that you know you are in the conversation, you're into it. Mm-hmm. Right? Another thing yeah. I would say is to listen as often as you speak. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. professor of psychology called Adam Grant, I believe he's in Stanford, if I remember correctly, he's uh, conducted the research on, you know, Personality correlation between personality traits and effective sales, right? Mm-hmm. Because in conventional sense, we think that uh, extroverted people who talk a lot are great salespeople. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he actually went to a sales firm. They do sales mm-hmm. for other companies, agency, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. he lets the employees conduct a personality test. He gives mm-hmm. each each one of them a score. A zero uh, means uh, extremely introverted. A ten mm-hmm. means extremely extroverted. Okay, mm-hmm. and he tracked their sales performance for the next thirty days, mm-hmm. and the end result is very surprising because with conventional wisdom, we think you know people that are probably mm-hmm. on seven and eight or nine are great salespeople. Mm-hmm. Actually, not mm-hmm. the people that are best at sales are actually at a four point seven. So right in the middle, actually slightly leaning to the introvert side. So what they mm-hmm. realized is the the seven, eight, and nine people they don't listen. Yep to the customers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Their sales approach is a push, 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 push. And the mm-hmm. more introverted people, when they do sales, it's more a cons- con- consultation process. Right? It's mm-hmm. more like the, the, the customers are telling the salespeople about their problems. Right? Mm-hmm. And then later on, they come up with, hey, here's a potential solution for your problems. What do you think, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think having an equal balance between listening and speaking. That's another mm-hmm. key to effective communication. And there are other small things like um, body language, smile more. Mm-hmm. Smile more, you know, that you know, does yep. a lot. And then you when do you're that sitting... Very well. You do that very well, yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. And when you're sitting mm-hmm. with somebody, let's say at a coffee table, right? Mm-hmm. I'll try to not sit back too much. Mm-hmm. Try to lean in. Right? Leaning mm-hmm. in is a sign that you're engaged. You're in the mm-hmm. conversation. You're interested. Mm-hmm. Right. Another book I've read is called How to Make More People Like You. <laughs> Wait, no, the, yeah. li- the, like, the, the like factor. Written mm-hmm. by a former FBI uh, person that worked at FBI, or he's called himself an FBI agent. I don't know mm-hmm. how reliable this, these, this tip would be, but he, he said this in the book. He said, mm-hmm. when you're communicating with somebody, um, you can try tilt your head a little bit. Tilt your head slightly mm, left or right. Interesting. Okay. That okay. actually increases the level of friendliness. 
makes you more friendly. When you have your head straight, right up, this is when you want to be authoritative. When you're making a press conference on a serious matter, you keep your head straight. When you're being friendly, smile, tilt your head, tilt your head slightly. Mm-hmm. That shows more casual. That shows more friendliness. So, so mm. another thing is when you are when you want to be friendly with somebody. But let's say you guys are in a networking event, okay? Mm-hmm. When you're talking, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with men, mm-hmm. try not to be face to face. Try to stand in a diagonal, like mm-hmm. an angle, diagonal position, because face to face oftentimes it makes makes. Both parties more easily become a confrontational and competitive. When you stand、mm. diagonally, subconsciously、mm-hmm. people think you guys are on the same boat, the same party. It, you guys yep, have yep, the yep. same interest.、Right? Yep. Versus face to face, kind of like in a competition. So、mm-hmm. these are, I think, these tips are probably not hundred percent reliable, right? Hundred percent of the time is、mm-hmm. this case, but I think in most cases it makes some sense.、Mm-hmm. At least smiling always works. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. There's a lot of body language parts that people、um, underestimate that you touch on. Definitely spot on. That are、uh, if people realize these are tactics and 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 again, I mean tactics that tactics as not in which we emotional intelligent people, you know, we're trying to convey the message to say we have to manipulate others to get what we want. That's not the point. The point is to、mm. have a More harmonious relationship with、uh, other human beings. Yes, that's the that's yes, the point. Yes, yes. Because so, a lot of people, for example, for example, they they are being friendly, but they're not doing it correctly. They're not getting the point、yeah. across, right? They are they are friendly to that person, but they're not. They're sitting there、yeah. and and talking with no enthusiasm, which is、yeah. not communicating effectively, right? Yeah, We're not telling、yeah. people to fake it, but when you're being genuinely, you know, friendly and nice, make sure the other party knows. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's like、right. we talk about、um, how what、well, you went to the great Annenberg、uh, School of Communication.、Uh, the same thing is that we, we talk about this often. Is that where you know, in, in, especially in today's world, it not only matters that you are smart. You have to tell people you are smart. It only not only matters that in today's world, you know, you you like that person, or you are friendly, or you value、mm-hmm. that guy's that person's opinion, or you or you really appreciate that person's、mm-hmm. insight, or you, you enjoy. Well, yeah, exactly. We enjoy first time meeting someone. You wish to hang out more to to have more productive conversations. You have to show it and to convey the message. You know, yes, sometimes the yes, yes. the delivery is as important, or if not more important, than the content at times, right? So,、um, Actually, the delivery,、yes. the, yeah. yeah, yeah, the delivery is very important. You know,、uh, as as important、yes. as the content itself, as as important as the intention itself too. So,、um, yes, yes, for sure. Yes. I, I I think in, in this sense.、Uh, These sort of things we definitely need to to keep in touch. And one more thing to body language.、Um, mm-hmm. This is a personal thing. I don't think applies to everyone.、Um, I don't、mm-hmm. think applies to everyone. I don't think it's like a universally good trait for emotional intelligence. But I I find that、mm-hmm. most times it at least works in my favor. Is that、mm-hmm. um, I get touchy with people at times. I like to hug. I tap people on their shoulders.、Mm. You have noticed too, right? Like I grab them、mm. at times, not like harshly, you know. Like I grab their shoulder, <laughs> tap them, you know. Sometimes I massage people a little bit when people, you know, close friends. Hey, be but careful! Mostly, be careful with、yeah. uh, with women. You know? exactly, Me too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Women, I don't do that. But but the point is, I hug. I'm a big hugger. I shake their hands. I tap my friend's shoulders, and you know, say how are you doing, things like that. I do think that adds a little bit 
um, especially with guys, you know, uh, brotherhood to it, you know, because oh, yeah. like, yeah, when you grew up with like your actual brothers, which we are both single child, we, we, we only child, we, we don't, but you know, you are, um, close, right? Like, like you, what you have with your roommates, right? Like you share certain things and you sometimes, you know, have a little friendly punch to each other or have a little friendly grab on the shoulder, things like that mm-hmm. or push. Uh, that actually adds to the to, to the bromance. So uh, I find that pretty useful. Yeah, especially when I get close mm. to someone. And even with girls, like say if I'm close with a friend's uh, girlfriend, like someone I see a lot because I'm, I'm close with that person, I don't want to give the girl a hug. No, just saying like, you know, it's mm-hmm. almost like with family, you know, I'm friends with your, your, your boyfriend or I'm friends with whoever we are both associated with. And uh, now I see you a lot too. And I'll give you a hug. Just it's good to see you, you know. To give it to convey that message, I think that's definitely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like when you pet mm-hmm. your dog when you go home, it's like, yeah, it's def- like the physical touch of it uh, matters. Yeah, yeah. So hundred um, yeah. percent. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 even and through throughout of that, uh, my grandparents have become uh, big huggers too because my 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 agenda, you know, because of uh, they, you know, they are very traditional Chinese, uh, born in the nineteen thirties. Mm-hmm. They're not really huggers, but I hug them all the time. Now they expect to hug me, you know, like, yeah, when I see them, they expect to hug me. Very, uh, it's, it's the, the touch part is actually very important to um, physical, actually mental well-being um, yeah. for babies. And then to establish that connection, it increases intimacy between two people dramatically. Yeah. Um, you don't have, I'm not talking about, you know, obviously, I'm not talking about, not talking about like just intimate physical connect physical connect, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. a pat on the back you know yeah, uh, right. a hug shoulder, actually, yeah. psychologists have actually conducted the experiment on monkeys you know a baby monkey mm-hmm. okay this baby monkey has been starving is a hungry baby monkey and then they right, give right, the right. monkey two choices the first choice right. is food the first cage has food the second mm-hmm. cage has like a fluffy fluffy sort of like a monkey toy right? that mm-hmm. represents like the monkey mother Mm-hmm. And they, 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 they let the, the baby monkey choose, right? Does the baby starving baby monkey want food? Or does it mm-hmm. want, for example, a mother's hug? Right? Mm-hmm. Every single time, the baby monkey would go for the, uh, the fluffy toy instead mm-hmm. of the food, even when it's starving. Mm-hmm. Right? Which yeah. shows that naturally, we have a natural tendency and need for that physical connection. Yeah, yeah. Just like uh, how we love to pet our dogs and our dogs love owners to pet them, right? There is a, yeah. a, a thing. It is a thing. So, for sure. Oh, yeah. For oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. This uh, emotional right. intelligence. Is there anything else uh, really no. want to add? Sorry, I didn't cut you. Okay. I think we uh, covered pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, great. Oh, oh and by the way, uh, mm-hmm. last thing is since we're doing a virtual episode, um, this is the 46 minutes, I've noticed even, I'm, I'm just I'm saying this as we literally, as we do it, uh, as an instant feedback, since we're talking about mm-hmm. EQ to our audiences. I've noticed a tremendous amount of diff. I mean, I enjoy it as well, but I've noticed a tremendous amount of difference in terms of communication when uh, me and Roy talk during this process because there's no body language. I can't see him. So, see, just now I did, uh, Roy, did you want to add anything before I cut you off? I did. That became verbal communication. We, if we were sitting in the same room, audiences, like, as you guys can imagine, uh, as Roy definitely knows, if we were sitting in the same room, I did not have to add that sentence because yeah. uh, I can look at him in the eye and he knows uh, either to go or he knows either to, uh, to to let me to wrap it up. You know what I mean? So there is a communication there um, in between us that, that that is 
you know, for, for, for frankly, um, missing from not being able to face to face because body language conveys so mm. much message um, through our communication. So that is something I just want to echo on that to double emphasize Roy's point mm -hmm. earlier about body language because literally that just happened right there. I, I've never actually said mm. that. Yes, I mean, yes, today we are actually, is a perfect example, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I, I don't rec recall myself ever said, Roy, did you want to add anything? I'm going to get to the last session of wrapping it up. Because normally mm. when I do say those things, we look at each other to the eye, then we have that chemistry, right? As co-hosts and you, you, you mm. would bl blink or, or do something else like, you know, to make sure uh, yeah. you want to keep going or you want to stop, right? So um, yeah. that is definitely something. That's clear, literally live evidence right there. You know, I didn't even plan that. So yeah, cool. Mm. Yeah. So, cool. all right. So um, this episode, yeah, I would say uh, emotional intelligence is extremely important. Roy pointed out the body language aspect. Of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, psychologists have done, you know, experiments on this as well. Um, and, and, and in this area, there are areas, especially Roy pointed out, that we underestimate. You know, we, 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 we think the fast talkers, the, 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 the slick talkers, or the, the, the great salespeople, or the extroverts, blah, 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 things like that. Or these are people who have supposedly, you know, quote unquote, um, better relationship management skills or mm. uh, have more friends or whatever, right? Uh, that's not necessarily mm. always the case, right? Uh, just like the coolest kids back in high school probably doesn't have the happiest relationships. I mean, all across all boards, or have or have the most friends today, or twenty years later. I don't think that's always the case. Just because someone was the center of attention, someone's cool, doesn't mean they have the just really high EQ. High EQ is about having a harmonious relationship uh, across the board with all the people we deal with, or at least most. Mm -hmm. Then also to be able to um, to really convey the message, uh, good and or bad. Um, to, towards uh, the humans that surround ourselves with and to think a lot from uh, a third party perspective from the other person's perspective instead of being sent uh, think you know myself is the center for the universe that kind of thinking and also going yeah. uh, very methodical with the approach right like I then that part I covered a little bit regarding like uh, you know praise publicly criticize privately uh, to the extent exactly how to do that and, uh, and, and also the part where uh, listen with interest. Remember the things people truly care about. You know, like mm -hmm. if you, you just, there, there are people who care about materialistic things a lot, and I've met a lot of people who did not give a shit about money, like zero, like you know, mm. who do not give a damn about money. I've, I've met a lot of them. So, and if you in incentivize them with money, they do not care. Doesn't they, work. And they don't even. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't work. work. They they do not care, and also they don't care about how you talk about how much you make. All you when you do that, you just make yourself. You know, I've done that too. I just it's a turn off. Self, yeah, sound like a, such an idiot because they don't care about that stuff. You know, but they might care about horse racing. They might care about other things. You talk about things. You know, that interest them, not just interest you. Obviously, the final goal is to find something mutual you guys both care about. But at mm. first, you should put others at first. I think that's a great uh, mentality too. So yeah, so it's a mindset thing. It's also a habitual thing. It's definitely some habits we can mm. we can develop along the way. Uh, I do not uh, think people should blame their genetics for emotional intelligence. Just to be clear, right, Roy? <laughs> I, I do think <laughs> they they cannot blame genetics on. They have to, you know, assume responsibilities and and, and just say, okay, I got to get better at it, and then that's it. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So hundred percent. Good episode. Right. Great episode. Yeah. I got to, yeah. I got the same emotional. Uh, uh, sugar high and emotional orgasm <laughs> as I always did. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. Awesome. That part is awesome. so true. That part is so true. Especially at the second part. I got so into it. It was great. Yeah. Nice. All right. Nice, nice, nice. Thanks for listening, right. everyone. Um, Thank you, guys. Have a Two great minutes. week. Yeah. yeah. All right. Enjoy your summer.